From Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Tonight we have two guests, believe it or not. We also have innovative revenue tools, outstanding improvements, and all that other great stuff. This meeting is now in session. Can we get... Can we get a motion? To uh, put yeah, the... I'll, I'll put forward a motion to uh, start the meeting. Do we do we have quorum this week? Uh, it doesn't really doesn't look like it. No. No, we one of these weeks we're going to get quorum. We need I... we need that intern back. We do. Then we could have quorum again. Yeah, I wonder what he's Wonderful. doing nowadays. I have no idea. Maybe he's got his own meetings that he broadcasts. He must for us. He probably. must. Oh, I'll take attendance uh, tonight. First, we have uh, Dwayne Chapel. Dween Chapel. Dween Chapel. No. You, is that like is you, any relation Dane? to Nurse Chapel? It might be. Uh, Dane? Maybe it's Dane? Oh, no. wait. Sorry. I, you know, I think I've messed up the letters. It's Paul Deshane. Oh, that would be me. Okay. You look very familiar. I see I see you here like all the time. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Sorry. Um, moving on. We also have Darren, uh, Darren Amango. Darren Amango. Darren Amango. Oh, is this his second appearance? I believe. Uh, no, there was another Mango. Oh. So yes, but this is uh, a, a. Oh, is his brother? Yes. Oh, well, yeah, he didn't make it either. No. Um. But you know, now that I look more carefully, I think actually I've messed up the letters, and it's uh, Aiden Morgan. Oh yeah, that would make sense because that's you. <gasps> ah, okay. And you come to all of these meetings. I know. I'm like. We can't I, shake you. I know. You'd think you'd think they'd pay me for attending sooner or later. Eventually. Yes, I'm sure it's just pay, problems of payroll. Yeah. Cool. So tonight, uh, I believe we have an uh, unprecedented uh, meeting. We have two improvement vectors. We do. We do. So let's uh, let's talk to our first improvement vector first. Okay. Which makes sense. It's logical. Okay. We have a uh, we have a uh, Evie Ruddy. Hi, Evie. Hi. And. You know, my notes are bad, so I don't know why Evie's here. Oh, um, my notes say that she's an animateur and a digital storyteller. Oh, hmm. I used to be an animateur. What is an animateur? Uh, I've never seen well, that word before. Someone who, well, when I was an animateur, I traveled around the province and brought culture to life through digital storytelling workshops. Oh, yeah? Oh, nice. But that was a while ago. Oh. You must have got that off my Your website. outdated website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you call yourself now then? Um, freelance journalist, digital storyteller. Cool. So what, what, is, what is digital storytelling? Digital storytelling is telling a story using uh, things like the computer and computer programs and audio and voice that you record. Uh, so mostly what I've been doing is... Uh, teaching digital storytelling workshops to people. And so they will write a script, three to five minutes uh, story about some aspect of their life, and then we'll record them reading the script, and then they'll put pictures to it. Uh, so let's say they're telling a story about their grandmother or the family history. They'll have like all these pictures from 
there are photo albums, and they'll put those pictures to the audio narrative that they've recorded. And in the end, they create sort of this like short digital video that can be shared on social media. Hmm. I think I think I misunderstood completely what digital storytelling is because I, I tried it once, but I thought it was telling stories with your fingers and just sort of poking <laughs> at people. You know, like around their ears and like the sides of their head. Oh, that's what you were yeah. doing. Yes. And I thought I, you got too close to the fungus in the back again. No, I was telling the story about a man and his pet octopus, Charlie, that would like leap out and attack him. So that's that's why. Did, did you understand? Did you get the narrative? Um, no, I no, didn't. Not, I'm sorry. Not, Maybe not, what you need to do is you need to, um, you know, use like sound files and uh, photographs. The police and put would them together in like that better. The computer. Yeah. yeah. Very well. So obviously you do it right. So this is this is this is a step forward from what I tried. Yeah, it doesn't really involve fingers. Oh no. Well, I mean, it kind of. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's not, that's not really. There's a lot of different forms of digital storytelling. That could be one. But uh, the one that I'm actually w- working on, and I think I'm supposed to talk about here, is. Uh, mm-hmm. An audio walking tour, which can also be considered digital storytelling. Sounds more like pedal storytelling, <laughs> but that's but I believe I'm splitting hairs at this point. So tell us more about this audio walking tour and what, what you're doing with this. So I'm an artist in residence for the Cathedral Village Arts Festival this year. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary. And uh, one of the part of the project that I'm working on is to create an audio walking tour of the cathedral neighborhood. And so... For the past, I just started it actually for the past couple of weeks. I've been meeting with people in the neighborhood to talk about um, their stories, but also stories about the architecture and uh, businesses and buildings and organizations, just finding um, the stories, the human interest aspect of the of the neighborhood and, and bringing some of the stories to life. And this is all to um, to tie into the festival and the 25th anniversary. Um, how are you going to present it as part of the festival? Uh, well, it's going to be launched during the festival. Festival's week long, and it'll be launched one of those days um, there. And then from that, anybody can listen to it whenever, I think. It's going to continue on past the festival. Uh, so how it works is that uh, all of the stories are going to be uploaded onto an app that you that people will then download onto their phones and will advertise this walking tour starts at this corner, and so you would then take your phone to that corner and a set of headphones and uh, press play on the app and put your headphones on and start walking, and you would start hearing stories about the neighborhood. Ideally, you know, if you're in, well, it should work if this works. Um, then when you're in front of the Connaught Library, you'll hear somebody telling a story about the Connaught Library. Oh, when, wow. Yeah. And so um, when you're in, there's, a, there's some stories about... Um, I have there's a really I think a really sweet story um about Iannone's. I don't know if people know this but uh That's the shoe store, right? The shoe on store 13th? on 13th yeah. Avenue. Um it started it opened in 1960 and the guy who opened it, uh, it was a family-run business so now his sons run it but the the man who opened it met his wife uh at the stores. You know, she came in and uh <laughs> she entered a contest that he had. I think he had <laughs> A little contest for dishes, if I'm remembering or, this or right. Or a contest to get married to him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happened. <laughs> uh, so she had filled out a, 
I guess, an entry, and uh, she didn't win, and I think he called to tell her she didn't win, but then he asked her out on a date, and then they huh. they got married, and they had these two sons who now, well, I think they have three sons, uh, but they had the two sons now run the store. Wow. Yeah. That's a great story. So stories mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, so it, in a way, it, it turns the it'll be turning the cathedral area into like a museum. Yes. Right. You know, yeah. like you have those those curated tours when you walk through a museum. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it's you know the sometimes in the past I think the Cathedral Village Arts Festival has done heritage walking tours. So it's kind of like that, except that there's nobody guiding you except for the audio. And uh, yeah, and I kind of when I, I was in at the BAMP Center last May and uh, I, I met a guy there who works for an audio walking tour company in San Francisco and it's called Detour and I listened to some of the stories and it's kind of reminds me of this American life like it, it's oh. the goal is not to be like now you're standing in front of a statue it's more documentary storytelling that's moving you along and you're just these voices are popping out telling stories about what you're seeing that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, could I play? You brought a you brought a clip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I want to give people like sort of a sense of what uh, one of these sounds like. Can you set yeah, up a clip? Yeah, maybe I should tell <laughs> tell, tell everyone what <laughs> so it is. Something. So this is a clip, a short clip from an interview I did with Susan Dugas, who used to be, um, I think, the, the head librarian at Connaught Library. Okay. All right. I will play that right now. Kadant actually cost $27,000 to build. How's that for exciting? I can't believe that. And it had, I think, 4,000 books when it first opened, which when you think about any library collection, I mean, I would imagine Kadant has more than 4,000 DVDs. So that's just, you know, a small example of how it's grown over the last 85 years. Well, we did toddler programs. We did, we did puppet shows that were just so much fun. And then we would teach puppet making classes to the kids. One of my favorite programs is we had a wine tasting program here at the library. That was, that had to be seven years ago. I mean, that was sort of unheard of where you could actually get, you know, someone from the community to talk about wine and actually do a tasting. So there were food programs. Joe Yi owned the Kowloon across the street and he actually did Chinese cooking classes here at the library in the early 80s. Kowloon is now the Creek Bistro. So there were a lot of things that involved the neighborhood. That was great. Yeah. yeah thanks. Thanks for bringing that in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see yourself as being different from a documentarian? Oh, not really. No? No, I think that uh, what I'm doing is, is is documenting, and but maybe not with visuals, with audio. Yeah. Do you, are you hoping to, like, is there something about Cathedral that you're hoping to, uh, a story that you're trying to tell uh, overall with this project of the Cathedral area? Overall? I think it's, I might be a little bit too early into the project to figure out what that is, but ideally, yeah, because I don't want this to be, it's going to be heavily narrated by myself. I'm going to put myself in it and I'm going to try and tie all these stories together and so I don't know what that's going to look like yet Um, but the thing that's kind of guiding me right now is just bringing bringing the community to life through uh, personal narrative and through interesting um, historical stories and also 
present stories. Something that I found out that I thought was really interesting was that the 13th Avenue Coffee House used to be a Jesuit college. It was where, really? it was where no Campion opened. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That is so neat. Mm-hmm. How did they cram all those Jesuits in there? Well, they're, they're it very was, small. It was very it was very small when it opened. I think yeah. there was only one person leading it, and they had six students. And I think they slept there. Huh? Yeah. Really? The students. Yeah. But I bet the food was good. Yeah. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Great if they were vegetarians too. <laughs> yes. So, so is this actually? I have to ask: Is this all, as I suspect, a smokescreen to find like? The lost treasure of Dudney. <laughs> He's buried it in cathedral. Apparently so. Really? Yes, and I think I think Ms. Reddy is actually just trying to get as much information to like finally uncover it. Oh. It's under the cathedral, so you don't you you don't have to do this anymore. Oh. Yeah, just start. Just take a jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a new aspect to the project. <laughs> oh, you didn't know. Oh, well, never mind that. Maybe you could incorporate that into the walking tour. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I could. I did actually interview Aidan Morgan. This is true. For the walking tour. Did you really? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, you did. Do you want to tell them what you told me? I'd love to hear uh, this. It had actually nothing to do with uh, Dudney's Gold or the legend of Dudney's Gold. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was actually about uh, Buzzword Books, where the um, oh, okay. where the yeah. Filipino Fiesta Bakery is now, uh, which opened in the 90s and finally vanished, I think, in 2006, I think was when it closed up. Uh, and I just, I told Evie about, uh, my memories of going in there, of, of Gordon Ames and his wife Carolyn, and the way they would just curate, like, the best books, and how half my library is probably still buzzword stuff. Huh. Yeah. Okay, you did tell me about that, but you were poking me with your fingers at the same time, and I was just going, <laughs> get away, get away, Aiden. Right, I was, I'm I wanted to tell to you about how you went there, and, like, and an octopus would attack me, so. Right. Yeah, but I was trying to be like visceral about it. Yeah, and like really dynamic. Yeah, well, you you were dynamic. Yeah. That's that's true. So we we actually have walking tours of the basement here at City Hall, but we don't have apps. We just have fax machines. So they just start sputtering out you know text when you go by. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you'll slip over something, and then you pick it up and you go, oh, I didn't know that about this corner. Yeah. Oh, this is where <laughs> the leopard sleeps. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. Good fun. Yeah. Oh. So tell so. When, when are you going to be showing the uh, the walk the walking tour? When's it debuting? Debuting? Not sure yet, but nope. the week of the Cathedral Village Arts Festival. Yeah, but there's not a date set yet. I do understand that you have some kind of workshop coming up on April 25th. Am I right about that? Do I? Yeah, I've got it here in my notes. <laughs> is, it, is it from my website? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I believe it's happening. No, actually, in you know what? It's you know from- what? It's from last year. Get out. Is it really? Yeah, was it for the Cathedral Village Arts Fest? I went to the Cathedral Village Arts Festival website, and I was like, oh, look at that. This is this must be... It's, their site is apparently outdated, too. Oh, man. <laughs> no, last year. Actually, last year it was a really cool project. Um, I held one of my digital storytelling workshops and uh, taught people, you know, how to tell their own story and using photographs and audio, and they made um, their own digital stories, and then they screened at the Cathedral Village Arts Festival. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. So, of any, of any of the people, do you know if any of them have gone on to like, do more sort of storytelling or documentary work? I hope so. I know that one of the people who created a story, um, Aiden, Aiden, who is trans- not Morgan. No, not, not Morgan. Morgan. Aiden, who's transgender, is um, actually having their 
videos screened in Saskatoon pretty soon at the library there. So that's been really cool. Oh, that does sound cool. Yeah. And there's another aspect to this project, I guess, for the 25th anniversary of the, the festival. I'm also interviewing people who've been involved with the festival over the last 25 years and taking the audio from those interviews and going through an a huge archive of photographs of the festival over the last 25 years and making digital stories. So those are also going to be launched at the festival. Oh, fantastic. Cool. That must be an insane archive. Yes. But it's actually, I'm not the one who has to go through it. So. Oh, really? <laughs> so. Do you have an intern? Uh, yes, we have hired someone. Oh, right on. Good. Yeah. yeah. But it's neat to look at all the old pro- or all the old photos. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, any any treasures? Anything anything crazy that you found? Oh, crazy! Well, it's the arts fest. There's lots yeah. of crazy things. Lots of arts art cars. What? Have you seen art cars at the festival? There's lots Never of photos before. of those. Oh, where they kind of make the car the car look, I don't know, really wild and interesting and painted and put like horns on it and stuff. <laughs> I have a vague memory of art cars now. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have one? I never, I never had an art car of my own. No. Oh, there's a small chance if there are actual photographs from old uh, village festival stuffs, there's maybe a small chance that like there's some me, me in the '90s devil sticking or something, which would be plenty embarrassing. If you can find that, we would love to have that in the, uh, the Improvement Bureau. All right. <laughs> we would not like to see a, like a long-haired, skinny version of me trying to devil stick. I'll look yeah. for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you a Regina native? I'm from Saskatoon. Okay. And so, but do you live in the cathedral area? Like, is this is the neighborhood itself, like, sort of important mm-hmm. to you? I do live in the cathedral neighborhood, and I bought my first house in the cathedral neighborhood in 2004 on Montague Street. Yeah. And then I bought my second house a couple of blocks away on Montague Street. Oh. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a Montague Street resident. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, I guess part of the project, too, is it's a really... It's a unique neighborhood to Regina, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's colorful and artistic and vibrant and open-minded, and <clears throat> that's kind of driving the project, too, is talking to these people to try and figure out how did this neighborhood become like this, and who are the people who make it like this? What What's their story as mm-hmm. well? So now that you've done or in the middle of doing this with the cathedral uh, area, are you thinking of expanding to other neighborhoods? I would love to. Cool. If there's funding for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would, have you ever considered the warehouse district? The warehouse district would be great. Yeah. It would be great. <laughs> that, 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 that other voice was Sandy from the warehouse district. He's going to be our, our guest for the second half of the meeting. Uh, is it the kind of thing you'd be looking for, Sandy? Yeah, I mean, we're always looking at different ways of documenting the history in the area, and I think that would be a really cool way to sort of bring the history into today. Yeah. I mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. You could, like, you could just blanket all of Regina with your stories, and then people would be able to, like, come into the city, and they would just, everybody would be handed, um, like, a Walkman. And I just oh. turn it on. Oh, like I, I don't, don't think yeah. those exist anymore. Are you sure? One. Maybe down one. in the basement they do, but nowhere else in the world they don't. I was just listening to mine a little while ago, listening maybe, to maybe, some psychedelic furs. and um, I think they could be given pagers. Those are a lot more up-to-date than Walkmans. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and every time like the page goes off, you change your radio station to... Yeah, or, or you go to the nearest payphone and you dial a number 
uh, and for just you know maybe a dollar ninety nine a minute, you can hear about the history of that uh, particular that payphone. <laughs> that payphone, yes. It's a payphone tour of of the city. Nice. Is that something you do? A payphone tour. A payphone. Well, you tour. know what? Someone told me. Uh, Trish Elliott told me that her son, Trish Elliott's a journalism professor, mm-hmm. that her son Ringo does a really great, I guess, history of or tour, maybe, of the graffiti on the telephone poles in Cathedral. Oh, really? Which Oh, that's fantastic. Hmm, that's like interesting. That. Yeah. So I'm trying to uh, arrange for an interview with him. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the Cathedral gra- uh, graffiti, it's uh, they're thick with it there. Yeah, it's yeah. street art. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Some of it is, yeah. <laughs> So there's no shortage. Uh, there is no there. shortage of graffiti in graf- cathedral. There'll, there'll be some some stories on the, the graffiti in cathedral. I what talked about the to Josh Goff. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Josh Goff is actually the other artist in residence for the cathedral village oh. arts festival. There's two of us. Okay. And so I'm going to be interviewing him about uh, his mural that he does every year on Brandy's. So it's the same guy every year. Yeah. Well, I don't know how long he's been doing it, but yeah, for the last several years it's been josh leading it right yeah because that's that's a pretty important part of the community there yeah is that mural every year that they put on they they paint it over the course of the uh, arts festival and they have like djs and stuff it's a mm-hmm. pretty cool stop yeah it's neat yeah. to watch so, yeah. yeah so people are going to be doing this walking tour during are people going to be doing it during the street fair i hope not because <laughs> it's going to be, be way slower getting through that neighborhood yeah and it's loud it'd be hard to yeah, hear right. um so ideally you know it, it would launch before the street fair and then people can do it whenever on their own time ideally not when cathedral is overtaken by you know thousands of people right, <laughs> right. But, the vendors yeah. and the african food catering place which is delicious which is the main reason to go there yeah i mean there's, there's also art don't get me wrong, but there is patience catering. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, do you have anything else, any new projects uh, prepared, ready to go when this is all done for you? Mm, I don't. You know? I actually took a full-time job. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah. Congratulations. So, well, thanks. Yes. Hope, hopefully your job pays. Yes. Our um, job theoretically pays. Theoretically pays. Yes. Yeah, yeah I took a full-time job, but I... You know, I'm hoping that this takes off and that it goes over well, and I'd love to do more audio walking tours. This is the first one I'm doing, so we'll see. Right on. But I'm excited about it. Excellent. Cool. Well, I really look forward to it, actually. Yeah, same. Yeah. Cool. Do, so, do, you think, uh, do you think EV qualifies as, as an improvement a, vector? See, I've, there's, there's a very complicated matrix uh, uh, with, like, lots of variables and uh, marks. On things, yeah, uh, and I, th- but I think you at least like an A. So yes, I, I do believe you can be an improvement vector. Woohoo! So as promised, here's your certificate of improvement. Oh wow, it has my name on it. It does. Did uh, you spell it right? You did, and you even pronounced it right too. Wow. Oh. Usually we don't spell the the, the names right, but that's uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it is a well-known name. That's true. That's true. Who, who hasn't named their child Evie in the you know in the last you know, well known months. in Regina? Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it comes with its own Manila envelope. Thank you. So suitable for framing. Don't don't frame the Manila envelope though. It's, okay. It'll just confuse people. So. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thank Thanks you for so having much. me. Yeah. Oh, totally. All right. So next up on the agenda we have uh, innovative revenue tools. Ooh. 
Yeah. So every week we look at ways that the city can improve its bottom line by either, um, you know, finding some way to like raise some money or uh, saving some money. And uh, uh, this week we have we have something from the Warehouse District Licensed Establishment Oversight Subcommittee. And uh, there's a note here that at their last meeting, they uh, they renamed themselves the Warehouse Dogs, and that's uh, Warehouse with a uh, a Z and a W. And in their report, uh, they talk about how there are uh, several bars and nightclubs along Dudney in the Warehouse District, and that it's high time that the city got a little taste of that sweet, sweet action bra. Yeah. I am quoting from their report. Bra. And wait, uh, wait a sec. You did they actually say bra in the report? Very well. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, you know, it's on the agenda. I got to get through it. <laughs> uh, they go on to note that the city owns a lot of property in the warehouse district in the form of sidewalks, and they call it a missed opportunity. Actually, they don't have any four-syllable words in here. They call it f-word useless. F word because what what do you do with a sidewalk exactly. except walk on it exactly so their right so their recommendation is that um, uh, for the late night they could have late night sidewalk liquor sales in the form of municipal shots carts uh, again uh, with Z's they spell it you know I think this sounds like a recipe for like civil harmony and peace well that's what they're saying here actually and they they do call it harmonious and peace. Uh, in here, uh, they say that it should be man- these carts should be manned by city staff, and uh, like the name suggests, they'll sell shots on the sidewalk to passers-by. Um, they uh, their target market would primarily be people walking from club to club. Um, OBVS, OBS, OBS. Yes. Okay. That's not it's not an acronym. Um, uh, but cars could pull up and get a cold one for the road. <laughs> okay. Why not, but just for passengers, and passengers is in quotation marks. Uh, The report um, from the warehouse dogs, uh, it concludes, uh, get get the bleeping mayor on the phone. This idea is so bleeping, bleeping money. Sounds like money to me. Sounds like money in in the pockets pockets of the city. Yes, in their pockets with a Z. Uh, I'm not even sure this is legal. I don't, I, it doesn't sound very legal. No, but I, mean, I can see how it would make a lot of money, but but when you think about it, laws laws derive their legitimacy from tradition. Mm-hmm. But all tradition and legitimacy depends on revolution. Oh, it's the paradoxical like stasis of power that actually generates new law. So what I'm saying is we should just like get a bunch of booze and just start like selling it on the street. And it'll certainly, probably within a few weeks, become law, the law of the land. Um, I think that would make the warehouse dogs really, really happy. I think so. Yeah. I think I think deservedly so. Yeah. Well, if um, if that idea doesn't gain any traction, if our um, shots carts <laughs> revolution gains no traction upstairs, uh, we have a few other innovative revenue tools to try out. And we're back from the innovative revenue tools for this week. Which, as always, were inspired. They were. Oh. Yeah. Um, I understand we have another Laneway Sweet Horror Story. Yes. I well, can't believe we're still getting these. I, I know. I think uh, I think uh, the early earlier meeting about the Laneway Suites 
really touched a nerve. People from, I mean, outside of Regina, people from everywhere have been writing in and uh, and just letting us know what a potentially dangerous idea the laneway suite uh, initiative can be. Oh, well, I'd better put some, like, uh, appropriate music there. Yeah, put on something scary. Okay, today's Laneway Sweet Horror Story is from Brianna. Dear QCIB, how are you? I am fine. My name is Brianna, and I am eight years old. I enjoy listening to your meetings very much, as municipal politics are for everyone. Well said, Brianna. Very well said. Recently, my parents went to work at a Laneway Suites factory where they make Laneway Suites, rickety sheds, clumps of weeds, feral cats, and all the things you often find in city alleyways that upset you so much. Anyway, the working conditions at the factory there are terrible. Very often, people get caught in the vast machines used to make these suites and end up getting trapped in the walls. My mom says that, you know, Nearly every laneway suite has human bodies just behind the jib rock, and if you think ghosts are real, they're probably haunting the heck out of those places. Also, also, many of those suites don't even have proper kitchens. I have to go now. I hear my mom and dad coming up the stairs, and I have to make them supper, because working at the laneway suites factory has caused them to lose full use of their arms <coughs> and seriously degraded the quality of their lives. One day they'll end up in the walls, and I'll have to go work in the factory. Because a world with laneway suites is pitiless and inhuman. Kind regards, Brianna. Wow. I know. That I mean, was It's so much worse terrifying. than we even imagined. I know. I know, yeah. I know. I'm glad we're blowing the lid off this laneway suite thing. I know. I hope I hope people like listen and like shut down this pilot project post haste. Yeah. So we have a uh, a second guest. Uh, at this meeting. I certainly hope she hasn't been terrified uh, by that story. Because I'm feeling kind of terrified. Yeah. Oh. Um, Sandy Doran. Hi. Hi, hey. from the Warehouse Business Improvement District. Yes. Yeah. What's, what's your position there? Executive director. Right on. Cool. Yeah, we wanted to get you in to talk about the Warehouse District, uh, especially in light of um, the uh, suggestion that we had from the Warehouse District Licensed Establish establishment oversight subcommittee the warehouse dogs uh -huh. um they had pointed out how there are a lot of bars and clubs in the warehouse district um in fact i think they said that's all the f there is there and we weren't sure that's true it seems think a there little might, restrictive it seems yeah, i think there's more to there it. might be more to the warehouse it, it, district there's a whole lot more to the warehouse district than that um there yeah. are on, on duty there are a few um Few bars and and uh, brewery uh, establishments, restaurants establishments, but we also have retail. We have uh, car dealerships. We have car maintenance places. Uh, it's a very eclectic uh, place. There's 550 businesses, and it runs the gamut. It's almost like its own little city. Uh, 80 city blocks is actually what we cover, and wow, that's uh, huge. Uh, a majority Ooh. of our businesses are also locally owned. As oh, well, really? so we have very few sort of national chains in the area. Most of them are uh, locally owned. So. Right. Can I ask you what does it? Where do you stretch from? So our boundaries are from Albert Street all the way to Winnipeg Avenue. Okay. And then from the rails rail yards uh, from the actual tracks right through to Fourth Avenue. Oh wow! Yeah. So that would include uh, the radio station that rebroadcasts. Us. It is. It's yeah. It's in the. It's CJTR. You, you guys are in our uh, in our uh, air area. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's good to know. Exactly. You're yeah. in a heritage building. How could you not be in our area? Well, we're not. Well, no, you guys are in the basement, but. Yeah, but. 
Yeah. But CJTR is in. Oh, by the by, uh, CJTR is, of course, 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Uh, we did not mention that last hour, so yeah. we should probably make note of that now. We'll, we'll mention it three or four times this, t- this just, half hour. Just, oh, excellent. Yeah. Good idea. Um, okay. Uh, so winter's ending. Spring is upon us. It is. Uh, now that people can like move around in the warehouse district, do you guys have any? Do you guys plan anything? Um, yeah, we've got a few events that we plan throughout the year. Um, we have obviously our spring cleanup that we do within mm-hmm. the area. Um, it's for all the members to kind of gather all their garbage, and um, we sort of do a major cleanup. We have a cleanup crew that starts at the same time, and they come through the district throughout the summer months and uh, clean all the different areas in there. We have our Jane's Walk, uh, which happens on May 7th. We kind of do uh, that along with uh, with a lot of the other areas in the city also have them on the same uh, same weekend as us. Uh, in the summer, we do, uh, last year we uh, initiated our fitness box. So we go in and we explore all the different fitness facilities in the area because there's over 16 fitness facilities in the area. So we go when we do a little bit of a 10-minute workout in them. Uh, The fitness facilities get to kind of talk about it, and then we walk to the next one and actually talk about the history along the way. So we kind of combine the history of the buildings that they're in as well as the history of the area and uh, the the businesses within the area as well. So those are a few of them. And then in the fall, we have our big uh, gastro-brew festival, which we introduced last year. Have have you considered, like, taking the fitness portion and then just, like, going straight into gastro-brew, like... Like within minutes of finishing the walk? Because if you did that, I would definitely do the fitness. We did have discussions of it, and um, we had discussed even maybe potentially just not necessarily going into the Gastro Brew Festival, but just stopping at one of the brewers at the end of it. So um, that's always on the table for... Right, just to erase all of the good work that you've done. Exactly. (laughs) Well, it's you work up to that so that you can actually go Go to those places. Yeah, go into Bushwhacker and like have like a blooming onion or something. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Big mug of beer. Yeah, and just replace those calories as quick as you take them off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You don't want to lose your strength. No, no, but it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, and uh, also coming up in the spring we have um, Bushwhacker and, and Rebellion both have a couple of uh, events coming up in April. They've got uh, Bushwhackers actually doing um, uh, a birthday bash for Jeff Redbeard Colbert. Who's that? Somebody? Is he a pirate? Please tell me he's a pirate. Uh, Redbeard's Rumster Kager birthday bash for Jeff Redbeard Colbert. I believe he has something to do with radio station, but I'm not oh, okay. sure. Maybe it's pirate radio. Ooh. No, this radio station. Oh. Oh. Oh, well. We should know these things. We're going to pretend he's a pirate anyway. Okay. So, but yeah, they've got a big bash there on April 13th, and then they're also doing their uh, brewer's dinner on the 16th. Uh, and there's an open, Ale's Open Homebrew Competition at Rebellion on mm. April 15th and 16th. Oh, so like people bring their own home So um, Rebellion hosts a keg festival, uh, features casts from 10 different brewers. Oh, and then nice. um, I guess they open them all up, and customers get to test them and vote for their favorite. Cool. So if you're a beer connoisseur, yeah. those two places are the place to be in April. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're typically you know two of the places to be if you're a beer connoisseur. They're yeah, they're always yeah. the places to be if you're a beer connoisseur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long have you been the direct executive director? Uh, a year. Just oh, over a year. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and are you seeing, what's, what sort of change, I mean, it's only been a year, but I mean, what sort of changes are you seeing? Yeah, the there's house? there's a lot of anticipation with the rail yard development. So we've had a lot of actually uh, f- new businesses move into the area. We've had a couple more fitness facilities move into the area. 
Uh, Jack Keaton's has opened up on Dooney Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, the hotel on Dooney Avenue is now open. The keg opened up last year mm-hmm. on Dooney Avenue. And um, probably the most exciting sort of project happening right now is the Weston Bakery building uh, was purchased, and they're actually restoring it back to its sort of natural. So they're um, all of the windows at one point were bricked in, so they've removed all of the brick and have put back windows into all of those spaces. And, yeah, so they've got some really cool ideas, and they're uh, just close to finalizing a lease with a tenant that will take up a majority of the space, but that will include, like, a restaurant lounge um, as well as a number of art and culture groups will wow. be part of that as well. Oh. Yeah. And then they're uh, working with uh, a local food distribution company to move their operation in, and ideally that will lead to the creation of a, a market uh, concept for the remainder of the building. So, so in this western, the western, yeah, That's yeah. Really so awesome. they've, yeah, they. Um, did you did you say are they getting a heritage designation for the building or anything? Yeah, or? they are. Uh, I believe that they've applied to to get heritage designation. It was always on the heritage hold, so I think they're actually applying for the heritage designation as well. So, oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, and they've done both buildings, so now they're they're the big bigger one is actually ready for uh, for tenants to move in and stuff. And now they're working on the smaller building right across the street from it and restoring that one as well. So, which is really nice to see because a lot of people are just set to condemn the building and they've they've opted to uh, to renovate it instead or restore it back to a state so that'll be really yeah. neat to see what they have moving in there as well so yeah have you got to peek in it yet or? yeah i've actually i went uh, when they first started doing uh the renovations and pulling stuff out uh, i had gone for a, a tour of it and then um about a month ago they had an open house for members of the warehouse district to come in and take a look at the place and see if it's an, a viable option for leasing or whatever so they did a bit of open house and got to go back through it and it's a really cool building and that's a, that's really yeah because I've been past it a bunch of times. You, when you see the factory closed down, you're like, ah, that building's coming down. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, so. no, I'm really excited that they did. It was really well maintained, and probably I would imagine the hardest part for them was trying to get the bakery ovens out because they were actually on the third floor. Oh, really? <laughs> but it is, it, yeah. So, and it really is a cool um, kind of building because it's three stories in one part and two stories in another part and there's a whole refrigeration area and stuff like that and and really respect the owners because they've had people say well let us just store stuff in there and they're no that's not what we want the usage of the building so they're being really careful as to to what they put in there and and keeping you know as good a tradition of the building as they can so that's which is really, really nice yeah it is it's really exciting it looks kind of cool when you go through there and it's all yeah. It's all the natural brick and everything, and so kind of excited for the for the tenant that they potentially have moving in. So, Great. Um, I was going to ask. Uh, you mentioned that you've got all these new businesses moving in. Yes. You've got this like major investment in the bakery building. Uh, do you think that the the promise of the RRI rail yards development is driving some of that interest in the neighborhood, or is it just time? Um, I think it's both. I think it's it's uh, it's obviously the rail yard renewal is bringing a lot of attention to the area, and there's definitely some businesses that are are moving in and, and want to be a part of that and, and ahead of the game. Um, but I think it's just time for the area as well. Um, mm. It's it's sort of got a bit of a back burner while while we were developing the Regina downtown, which was a really important piece. And I think mm-hmm. now that they've really got their legs solid in the ground and stuff, I think it's time to start moving into and to redeveloping our area and stuff. So we're really excited about that. Yeah. Actually, maybe um, just because some people might not be familiar with what that is, uh, like, could you just 
give a quick overview of what the Regina Revitalization Initiative Rail Yards Initiative is? Sure. <laughs> so it is the I lost uh, track of that phrase. <laughs> the CP Rail Yards on Dudney Avenue. Um, so right across from the bars, there's a great big open space. The city owns all of that land. So as part of their whole Regina Revitalization Program, that is sort of step two. Phase one was the was the new stadium, and the phase two is the rail yard renewal. So now they're looking at um, they've brought in consultants to to do so they've done some open house um with stakeholders which uh would be members of the warehouse district or members of the regina downtown um to kind of go over sort of big idea plans or, or just sort of get feedback from the public uh, in general as to what they'd like to see happen there um and those consultants have now gone away and are now working on some design plans that will then um be brought again to to have people take a look at and and sort of do and go through city council and stuff like that so there's there's a ways to go yet but um i think the consultants are fairly close to maybe having some designs done and then that'll go through the whole process through the city and hopefully something will start happening next year hopefully right Mm. do you um i I know that there was a consultation that's already been held for the um rail yards uh, do you have any sense of whether it's going to be sort of a commercial industrial development or if there will be a residential component? Or do they even know that yet? Um, I don't think they know that yet because they wanted to keep it very wide open. But I think ideally we would like to see it be a really mixed-use area with residential, with commercial, um, sort of mixed-use buildings. A lot of the buildings now in the area are mixed-use where there's retail uh, businesses and stuff on the first floor, often offices on the second, and then retail, uh, or not retail, sorry, residential in the upper floors and stuff like that. So doing a lot of those mixed mixed use, hopefully a lot of open cafe type restaurants, um, a lot more entertainment type facilities and stuff like that is what we're hoping for. Right. And all that would like front onto Dudney. Yeah. 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 I think they would, I guess it would depend on how they come, but obviously um, it will definitely change the the face of Dooney Avenue, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's been, you know, really good because they've really tried to keep it as a really wide open and not put, even the consultation was very sort of broad. Here's what all these other cities are doing, or here's what's been done with other rail yards and, and did a lot of what do you like? What don't you like? So I'm excited to see what's come out of those, what came out of the public consultation. And there was a really good attendance to that consultation too, which was really nice to see because you don't often get, a whole pile of people, like the city doesn't necessarily get a whole pile of people coming out to that consultation, and they had a really good turnout for the first consultation, so really excited to see what happens, and obviously the walkway going between, mm-hmm. um, yeah. between um, that's probably the biggest component is is another walkway to get between the warehouse district and, and uh, Regina downtown, which will go over the, the rail, the still functioning rail yard that's there, or the rail line that's still there, so... Yeah. It'll be an alternative to the two subway underpasses, yeah, which, which would be nice. Lovely to walk through. Oh, they're, they're yeah. Nice. Well, and I believe that hopefully that will be part of the plan too. Is is upgrading those and making those mm-hmm. brighter and and stuff like that. But it's just nice because the if you're sort of right in the middle, you have no choice but to walk to one end or the other, right? So it'll mm-hmm. be nice to have sort of that middle, yeah, middle ground mm-hmm. to to go. Uh, once now, once that connection is completed between the rail yards and the downtown. 
Will you be mounting like a daylight attack to take out the Regina downtown BID, or will it be like will it be like a night assault, kind of like Game of Thrones style? I, I don't think we're planning on taking out the Regina BID. Oh, I think, okay. <laughs> I think uh, Regina downtown bit is it definitely they're they're safe. We're not going to attack them, and they're not going to attack us. So because we we've actually told told them that like that you are going to be launching an attack, so they're probably already got their counterattack. Oh so. well, maybe that's why Judith and I go out for wine all the time is so that she can try and get my attacks, maybe. I'm Search, not sure. Searching for weaknesses. Exactly. exactly. She might be looking for some weaknesses. That might be why she's always offering me wine. <laughs> you should watch her. She's sly and funny. Yes. yes. Yeah. No, I think it'll be it'll be a huge asset to have that walkway put in there and, and um, have it be something that connects the two areas. Uh, in a in a meaningful way too, and and a lot better mm-hmm. traffic flowing back and forth. I think with all the new restaurants and bars and stuff that are opened in the Regina downtown, and you know with what potentially could go into that area, I think it'll be a really key piece. I think if that piece is missed, it will be a missed opportunity. And I think that's yeah. I think that's uh, you know when I was looking at the boards at the public consultation, that was probably the biggest has to be. And and by definitely for our board, that was. That was sort of a key piece, and as well as Regina downtown, that's the key piece is to have that connectivity between the two of them besides just the subway entrances. Do you know, um, I've heard stories about, you know, the kinds of bridges that city council has, you know, in like their, their wildest dreams that they've considered, yeah. you know, yeah. um, you know, really broad, wide open things, perhaps even grassed. Um, I've heard councillors mention it as being, you know, like this great architectural triumph for the city that... Blah 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 blah. Um, <laughs> do you do, do you hear do, that you, through the heating vents in the basement? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. And you know, and maybe it's just like the howl of the winds through the heating vents that I'm just <laughs> making up words. <laughs> making up words. But do you have a sense of what we what we might see? Because like you could just get like you know a, a tube. Like a like a habit trail. Over yeah, the, uh, I know that we've indicated that we want it to be more than just that tube or just that walking mm. path. Um, again, once the consultants come with back with a design or whatever, and obviously cost is going to have something to do with that. Um, the rail company is obviously going to have say to that because we are going still over there. Right. So I believe that they would probably have to have some sort of say as to what goes over top of their train tracks and stuff like that. So obviously a little tiny walkway is not the right way to go what mm-hmm. that grand will look like we're not sure could yeah. be something enclosed where there's actually potential for retailer retail operations in there or seasonal operations mm. in there or who knows could be yeah. like the highline new york i don't know what the highline is you, you don't know what the highline park no. is tell us about oh, the highline park uh highline park is uh it's an old uh, it was an old rail line in uh, in manhattan that uh, has been turned into a walking park and was it like elevated or? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And now it's uh, now it's enough to like carry thousands upon thousands of tourists every year. Uh, there's uh, there's viewing platforms uh, to to see like parts of the city. There's uh, cafes uh, along you know right on there, and it I believe it ends around the uh, the new Guggenheim. So oh. yeah, and it's a, it's a wonderful uh, walk. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, be there's been some. Yeah, if you kind of go and do just. Google walkways and stuff for mm-hmm. over trains. There's some really cool architectural pieces. So it'll be interesting to see what they come back with. I'm kind of excited to see what yeah. the... What yeah, the cool. Now, I understand that the rail yards, the RRI, that's going to be 
a lot of that's going to be sort of developer driven, that there will be a, a plan put in place by the city, but that the developers will actually be sort of the ones that are developing that area. Right. For the, for the connection between the downtown and the warehouse district, has the city given you an idea of who's going to be paying for that? Like, is that going to be their dime or? No idea at this point. Yeah. No, have not been told that. Yeah. But. So they're not going to come to you like the businesses, perhaps cap in hand saying nobody's. Not yet. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's just that's just speculation on my part. You know. Yeah. That, yeah. It seems like it. It could be a, a gigantic project that's incredibly pricey. That absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So it could be part of the developers' piece of it. it yeah. We don't be, know. We don't know yet. I think it's too early in the in the process yet at this point yeah. to to really take a look at who would be paying for that. But other than yeah. obviously the cities, I think pretty much said pretty clearly they're not going to be paying for the whole development of the area or right. whatever, right? But I guess we could just go upstairs and ask them. That's right. They're we not could. Paying us, so why would no. they pay for With all the money they're saving on the QCIB, you'd think they'd be able to cover a pedestrian connection. I know. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> it costs like about 40000 right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's go with salary. that number. <laughs> Maybe they can get the wood donated to make the steps to go over top of it or something. Uh, do you have any inside information on when they're going to start, like, digging? No. Start work on there? Sadly, no. I don't. No. Uh, yeah, and, and do you, know, you don't have any inside info on when they're going to have, like, another <laughs> consultation uh, to show us what they've come up with? So no, I, I'm thinking it's probably coming up springtime, but I'm okay. not really sure exactly when they're... I know that the, the consultants are fairly close with having some renderings done, but... When that will go out to the public, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah. what all their steps are for it. Yeah. Hmm. So long range, what uh, what's the uh, warehouse district uh, BID hoping to accomplish with the warehouse? What do you what, what's, what, in your dreams? What do you want the warehouse district to become? I want it to still be its own unique location, even with all the new development. I want it to be that. Um, we refer to ourselves as the soul of the city and just to remain as that maintain the heritage of the area and not lose that heritage of the area um the uniqueness of the businesses adds to adds to what the business is so and just add upon that right add more residents and stuff and have it just be a really vibrant place where people want to go we're right in the middle of the city right in the heart of the city and i think it's a perfect place for for just to have all of the fun activities and and stuff like that happening yeah. Uh, and we're gonna. I'm gonna cross like bushwhackers and rebellion off the list because we've already covered them. So where should we go eat in Warehouse District? Well, you've got Jack Eaton's, brand mm -hmm. new place. I've uh, been there. It's really good. Mm -hmm. The keg yeah. obviously is really good. Uh, the hotel I believe has a restaurant in it. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, That's the new one by the Regina Cross thing. Is that the one? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Four Points or something. There's yeah. Mavado's yeah. in there or something mm -hmm. like that. Oh. Okay. Uh, tea Tree. Is really good. Okay. It the is. The drip. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. The drip, drip is, is great. Drip yeah. has really great uh, lunchtime meals. Chana doll. Right. Yeah. There's a few locations. Yeah. We need a few more. We definitely need a few more, but uh, yeah. we're starting to get a few, which is good. Some more, like when you get it, like because a lot of them right now are sort of on the edge, like all. Yeah. So like we can sort of get in. Oh, and we can't forget Nikki's. Oh, oh, of course. Nikki's is like yeah. a neighborhood staple. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a stalwart. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what do you think, Aiden? Uh, well, I, I forgot to fill out the matrix. You did. Uh, yeah, the evaluative matrix. I totally forgot. 
So what's the uh, default result if the, the, the matrix is not filled? Default is that is that uh, a plus? Woohoo! Yeah. So, Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> so you get you too get a certificate of improvement. Wow! Thank you. And you spelt my name right. I know we, we we try we try very hard to get the names wrong, but. Sometimes it, it works out that we get the names right. Actually, the certificates yeah. we shop out to the ENIAC that we have in the back here, and it just prints things out on our dot matrix. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so we just we, we sort of whisper the names into it, and yeah. somehow it always works. And if wow. and if the computer vacuum tubes in the ENIAC aren't blown, everything goes quite quite well. Yeah. It's amazing because nobody ever spells my name right. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for coming in. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Do we? I don't think we have sure. anything else on the agenda for tonight. Um, Aiden's taking a photograph right now with his old-timey camera. And then I'm going to make a motion for adjournment, I think. Are we, are we motioning to adjourn already? Yeah. Although we should probably mention that we have tickets still. We do. We have tickets yeah. for the Look and Listen Lottery. We do. It's a Look and Listen Lottery uh, that's uh, four grand prizes, uh, vacations that you get to choose from. Uh, there's Cleveland, Ohio, Nashville, Tennessee, New Orleans, Ooh. Louisiana, Las Vegas, Nevada. If you win the grand prize, you get to pick a trip for two to one of these places. Uh, second prize is a $1,000 travel voucher from Carlson Vagonly Rickert Travel. And third prize is Regina Folk Festival 2016 experience. So two weekend passes to the Regina Folk Festival 2016. The Thank tickets are 20 bucks each. There's only 1,500 available. So your odds of winning are fantastic. Fourth, fourth prize, though, is you have to like sit with me and watch Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh. Yeah. And I just narrate the whole thing. Could they choose to be, could we make them our, our intern? We could, they could. Yes. Fourth prize is you get to be our intern on. That, that's not an official prize. That isn't an official prize. <laughs> um, the draw date is May 13th, and the last day of ticket sales is May 12th. You can buy uh, tickets at the CJTR office on, at 11028th <laughs> Avenue, um, or you can tweet at us. Uh, I'm at Paul Deshane, and Aiden is at Palinode, and we have tickets to sell, and we'd really appreciate it if people bought from us. Yes, from us only. Yeah. Um, and now I'll make that motion to adjourn. I, I'll second that motion. Okay. Motion is passed. You have been listening to the weekly broadcast of the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Thanks so much to Evie Ruddy and Sandy Dorn for showing up and being our vectors. And thanks, as always, to Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill, for providing our excellent theme music. Find us online at Twitter at QC, Queen City IB or on our website, queencityib.com. That's Improvement Bureau, not Irritable Bowel, don't forget. Uh, catch our podcast on cjtr.ca slash podcasts or subscribe to us on iTunes. Coming up next on CJTR, the Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by Sask Centric Electric and then The Cockpit. All right, that's all for this evening. Thanks so much and keep on improving Regina.